Hello and welcome to According to John. Today, well, first off, I got to say welcome back, the Duke Meister. in five days since we've sat at the table together. It's been a while. I'm like, I've been suffering through Florida winter. Drop all the way down to 65 degrees sometimes. So you know what I noticed? You have a tan and I don't. I should have went to the tanning salon before you got here. <laughs> hey, we had fun when you came to Florida. Spent we did a podcast together down there. Yeah, How about that, it, it was, was good. Fun. Yeah, my partner, ready to go. I have missed I'm you, jacked. brother. I have missed you. Hey, welcome to According to John. I am your host, John Westfall, and this is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister, back from Florida. We're back on this, trying to get some questions answered. And, uh, man, let, look, let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we're just going to jump in here, brother. Uh, I think you're the one that needs prayer for being absent so long. So go ahead and open okay, us. Okay. Let's pray. Father, thank you for opportunity to share the word of God with people who seek you, who love you. Pray that you'll use our efforts, our study to bring edification, joy, strength, and correction, uh, to all who hear. Thank you for the privilege of being your children and uh, all the promises that await us. We love you and we need you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Okay, that you ended that amen a little bit from the well, south. I just, I just spent, <laughs> spent a week in South Carolina. <laughs> Dude, so I, it's funny. I tell people that the southern draw jumps on people like a tick on a hound dog. It does. <laughs> I try to teach them to drink some coffee down there, but they're not interested. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what you're going to sound like after a year. That's going to be funny. Leave me dude. alone, Shiny. That's going to be funny. alone. <laughs> hey, guys, today uh, we're going to be talking about why is obedience to God important? And especially because we live in a time where people are forgetting about God, uh, seem to not be interested in living for God and doing the things of God. And so uh, I thought, hey, you know what? Perfect opportunity to cover this topic. Uh, but I first want to I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to According to John. You know, Duke and I we were looking at statistics earlier, and it is a consistent climb every month. We are just watching it climb and the numbers increase and that's because of you and I want to thank you for that and thank you for sharing and ask that you would continue to do that as we bring you hopefully uh, a good product that is worth listening to and worth sharing with your friends and we were looking at yours as well because they're they're kind of connected. The two of them are. Yeah, our little business cards got, <laughs> according to John on one side, and uh, what is mine called? The Pastor. Pastor. Duke Podcast. <laughs> really clever, you know. <laughs> the Pastor Duke Podcast. Wait a but that's is, who I am. I can't help it. Uh, what is mine called, dude? You know, what is, I could be the Ugly Preacher Podcast. Whatever, it, you know. That is funny. But it, it, the, both of them are on a steady climb every month, and uh, man, to God be the glory, and thank you for that. So today is why is obedience to God important? And as we talk about this, we're going to share obviously um, the benefits and the the obvious, if you will, of being obedient to God is. You know, one of the biggest things is blessings. And we'll cover that. But obedience to God proves our love for him. That's the first thing that it does. We see it in First uh, John 5, 2 through 3. But this we know that we love the children. <laughs> I can't even read today. <laughs> but this we know. A couple more sips of that coffee. I need. I think I need something, right? By this we know that we love the children of God when we, by <laughs> when we love God and keep His commandments. Johnny, you need me, man. <laughs> you really need me, man. <laughs> what? Dude, what has happened to my reading skills? You're just so happy to have me back. I am. Read. <laughs> I am. I I have missed you, and, uh, man, excited that you're back. Now, it did force me to um, get off of my lazy butt and start doing some individual studies, you know, like 30-minute deals, and but it, it, whatever, anyway. <laughs> Let me jump in here. Yeah, uh, you need to because yeah, to. my tongue is tied and my brain is stopped. I need to him back on the rails here. So, Golly. you know, we think about obedience to God. I grew up without Christ in my heart. I uh, grew up outside of a, a Bible-believing church. And so 
if you'd asked me when I was 16 years old, why is obedience God important? My answer is, so you could go to heaven, man. Right. Which is a lie, I believe. Yeah, because people believe works. Yeah. So obedience to God is a separate subject from salvation. Right. Salvation is what God did for us. Salvation is his work for us. Christ finished work on salvation. So uh, salvation is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So that was the right. first lie. And that's Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. So that was the first lie. But right. then after you get saved, then Satan has this other lie where you take grace. Right. And you almost almost eliminate the importance of obedience. That mm. is from the pit of hell, dude. Uh, that is a great point because right now people they take advantage of that grace. Yeah, cheap grace. It's cheap grace. Well, you know what? God loves me just the way I am, and so therefore, and I'm forgiven, so therefore, I have the right to do whatever I want. Yeah, and that's just as bad a lie on the other side, and yet. When you go through biblical obedience, mm. it's precious. Oh, my goodness. And the benefits. So obedience to God proves our love for him. First John 5, 2 through 3. I think I can read it now. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. And then verse 3 says, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. And to your point of cheap grace, Christians look at that not burdensome as free will to do whatever they want because they're forgiven. Yeah, like license to sin. You know, and I, I think and that's that, not what it means. Absolutely, it means absolutely not. it means that we're not burdened by doing what God wants us to do because we love Him. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I tell people like obey, obeying God is like kissing my wife. <laughs> Not a real burden. Right. <laughs> Gives me a beautiful woman and says, kiss her, adore her. Like, okay. Yeah, right. It's not been a problem. I don't see a problem and, in that. Know, obeying God is yeah. it's like this fabulous eternal opportunity. Right. And it opens incredible doors. And it's, fa I have here just a little thought. Obedience is not uh, salvation. It is evidence of, of salvation. salvation. Yeah. Now, what I find really interesting is you could barely read your own writing, and I'm looking at it going, I'm glad you figured it out because, dude, that's worse than a doctor's handwriting. It is. Chicken scratch. What? It's, it's good theology, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Listen, obedience to God proves our love for him, and obedience to God demonstrates our faithfulness to him. In mm -hmm. First John 2, 3 through 6, now, by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. So the proof dem uh, of demonstrates our faithfulness to him that we know him if we keep his commandments. And keeping literally means to walk in them or to do them. Mm -hmm. That's what it means to keep that. Verse 4 goes on to say, He who says, I know him, being Jesus, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. Verse 6 says this, He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked or just as Jesus walked. And that goes back to that cheap grace where people say, I love Jesus, but there's no evidence in their walk. The scriptures say he's a liar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not you and I. It's it's God. It's it's simply the evidence that God really did something in our heart that we have been born again. Old things have passed away. Yeah. I used to love to sit in the bar. I got saved and I felt uncomfortable in the bar. I started hearing the filthy language. It had always been there, but I didn't. I'd never kind of heard it before because now the Holy Spirit's inside right. of me and I'm in an unholy place and I'm not comfortable. And I remember when I first went to church, I was so uncomfortable, you know, sitting in the back and don't anybody talk to me. And I was so uncomfortable around the scriptures. And then I asked Jesus to save me and he did. And now the things that used to make me comfortable now make me uncomfortable. Un so I, that's what this obedience thing's all about. Yeah, I 
so I had the opportunity um, several months ago to see uh, two people come to the Lord. Now, more than we've we've seen more than that, but these particular two, and and it actually it's it's uh, father daughter, which is the coolest, right? When That's you really see, cool. oh my goodness, man! When you see family uh, falling in love with Jesus, that Together. is oh my god, that is just thank you, Lord. And I love, I love, love, love this family. So what, what I found interesting was I was talking to the daughter one time and she, uh, you know, I mean, she wasn't a drunk, obviously, but she would sit down and have a few beers here and there. And if she got drunk, okay. And if not, okay. So it was just, I think what most people do. Um, well, then she gets saved and a friend comes over and, and actually the daughter and dad uh, and the friend and there were some other people around. So they were all together and this neighbor comes over and sits down and he is cussing like a sailor. I mean, just horrible, right? And both of them said, all of a sudden, and they've hung out with this guy forever, for years, but now they hear this language and they are uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. They're going, I didn't want to be a part of that conversation. And then when it comes to having a beer, they might have a beer here or there, but their interest isn't in that anymore. Yeah. I'll, I'll do one just to be your friend, but I don't even want to do that. I, it's like the Holy yeah. Spirit because now God lives in them and they are a new creature, 2 Corinthians 5.17, right? And it's just so cool because that is the evidence of being saved. You know, before I was saved, I was always chasing another high. And it would be, you know, wine, women, and song. There's highs and all, all of that and driving too fast and just, just being crazy and, and, and getting buzzed and, and drugs and alcohol. And then when I got saved, I was like, I used to call it being naturally high. Mm -hmm. I see this girl that won me to Christ said, you're high, you're just high on Jesus. And then I got high on Jesus right. and I, the desire to, to get buzzed in the world is like, I, I don't have that desire. And, and it, dude, it's significant. Yeah. It, it, and that's one of yeah. the evidences that I knew that I had been saved because right. I had brand new, strong desires. Right. And I was so happy. I read the scriptures and God's talking to me, man. How cool is that? Well, you know, what's, what was interesting when I got saved Prior to salvation, drugs, alcohol, uh, womanizing, the whole nine, right? Separated from my wife. I get saved. I get back together with my wife. And all of a sudden, when I look at women, I looked at them from the neck up. All of a sudden, I didn't see you know, the, the breast and the, and the legs and, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. thighs and the wings and all that stuff, you know, I didn't see all that, but so you know what I did see lost souls. Yeah. It was amazing. I used to see girls the same way and, you know, um, they got prettier and prettier as the night got on and I had more drinks at the bar. Right. And, uh, when I got saved, women, uh, were no longer. And some, sick. some needed a drink to get pretty. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Johnny, you're too honest, man. Too much information. But everybody that's ever sat at a bar knows you're right. <laughs> so, you know, when I got saved, the women, they're still pretty. I left you're that right? out. <laughs> I'm trying to pull you up back on the rails. Oh, again. go Johnny, ahead, brother. So bad. Uh, I started looking at women as God's children. They're like my sisters. The older women as mothers. And, and that's in the Bible. I didn't even know that was a Bible verse, but I, it, it started happening in my heart. <laughs> I can see a major uh, edit coming here. <laughs> it's on your phone, Johnny. I should not, why did I say that? All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm saying, but yeah, you're right. Sisters and moms. I'm, yeah, you know, the Holy Spirit comes inside of us, and I, I was just a typical guy in the world and and uh, looked at women all the wrong way. It was, it was just boy toys in my view. And then Jesus came in, began to see women as uh, God's daughters, my sisters, older women. The Bible says count them as mothers and, and, and other women as sisters. It just, right. man, it just, 
it's just like it does change everything, you, man. Thank you. Yeah. And then all that worldly evil and sexual innuendo and and all that evil consciousness just kind of fades away as the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. begins to pervade our minds, our eyes, our our right. our, our speech, where we go, and um, so. This is all part of the obedience that God's Spirit begins to work in us. It is God who worketh in us both to will and to do. That's obedience to do of his good pleasure. And I found a lot of the obedience to the Lord was kind of a natural thing that was happening from the inside. It's like, oh, crap, I can't do this anymore. You you never had that attitude. Okay, I never had that attitude. I was like... The fact that I couldn't do that didn't enter my mind. It was honestly a relief. Yeah, like why would you want to do that? Exactly. It was the evil yeah. that was in me yeah. that was controlling me mm-hmm. and, and oftentimes embarrassing me. Right. And the Spirit of God came in and changed that. He gave me a new new eyes, new new mind, new heart, new ears, and I was very grateful for that. And I found that obedience was just something that, that sort of happened. I, I, it's kind of interesting. Um, we have grandchildren, and uh, sometimes they'll be a little bit more disobedient to their parents. And then they yeah. come to Pop and Grandma's house. And we run a, a fun ship, but it's a tight right. ship. Right. And uh, just this morning, we had them down for breakfast, and uh, one of the little granddaughters was misbehaving, just just too just too crazy, and uh, not not real defiance, just just needed to settle down. And I lifted my voice, I spoke directly to her voice. She, she just got so right. sweet, and just fell into line, and yeah. was so happy, and we and were, it really makes it better yeah they get structure and yeah. it gives them security it gives them comfort and then she gets such joy as she immediately became obedient then the praise oh mia that's what they right. call uh grandma they call her mia and uh, uh mia uh she aren't our we call them our neighbor girls <laughs> aren't these neighbor girls <laughs> so sweet they're so obedient they're right because you got to praise them yeah you give it i get i call it an ounce of correction and a pound of praise yeah and it really yeah. works but see it brings yeah. about obedience right well and the other thing too is obedience to god uh glorifies him in the world and when when we're not being obedient and we're not glorifying God, the world sees that. Yeah. And when we're obedient, the world sees that as well. In First Peter two twelve, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they when they, the Gentiles, meaning the lost world, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. And so when we see this, that it literally will glorify God in the world, and they, the Bible says, they will recognize it. They're watching us. And it's, I find this so amazing how unsafe people are given the right by God to judge us. Yeah, I do not have the right to judge them, but until they come to Christ, they have the right to, to judge, judge us, and so and they along, do that too. Oh, yeah, like, oh, and they'll they'll listen. You are on the same track as me. Go ahead. No, uh, no, you finish. But they will. You're going to say what I'm going to say. Go ahead. You go. Because <laughs> they would literally use our Christianity against us. Yeah. Is that a th- thing a real Christian would say? And they're spot on. They know I'm exactly not. what we should and shouldn't <laughs> say. They know exactly how we should say it. That's not a very good Christian right. spirit. Right. And they're never wrong on that. Yeah, but they don't live it. No. But they're sure enough hold us but to it. they got the perfect standard for us. you got to ask, where's that come from? Yeah. I think it's the Holy Spirit yeah. bearing witness to truth. And we profess truth, and they innately kind of know what that ought to be. Yeah. And so we, if, if we are, like, gossiping or we're a little off color or something— Immediately, it's like the Holy Spirit yeah. tells them, you're wrong, you're wrong. And they, they have great joy in pointing that out to us. Yeah, it's like the Holy Spirit says, hey, uh, tell my tell my child how wrong they are. Yeah. Go ahead. And so he'll use Satan's children to correct us. But I've never had one be wrong. But isn't that what Satan yeah. does? Satan goes yeah. before the throne, and he's the accuser. Of the brethren. Of the brethren. And he personifies it. He fleshes it out sometimes. <laughs> yep. And uh, I, I've had people correct me, and when they do, 
I freak them out uh, if I'm in the spirit instead of fighting back. Uh, I said, boy, you're absolutely right. God is using you right now to correct. Oh, yeah. Thank you yeah. for your sensitivity. And then they don't know what to do with that. <laughs> Thank you for your sensitivity to, and, and your love for me right. to point out my weakness because yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry for that. I apologize to you, and I'm, I'm asking God to forgive me. And it, it just have a spirit of brokenness, a spirit of repentance, and they don't know what to do with right. it. Right. They don't. Yeah, there's that verse. Uh, uh, I, I can quote it's like it, heaping, heaping hot coals on their head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's that verse that says, "If thine adversary uh, opposes you, agree or agree with thine adversary when thou are in the way, lest he be uh, angry at you and throw you into jail." Or whatever that verse says. And I remember some experiences where I was at work. And this guy was an atheist, and he he despised me. And uh, and I was very popular in the workplace there, and people really did love me. And the more they loved me, the more he hated me. So one day he got me alone, and he just told me off. And God's grace was so powerful upon me. I just looked at me, and I said, thank you, man. I needed that. I said, I, the last thing I ever want to do is, is be uh, prideful. And I said, you, God just used you. I know you don't believe in God, but I think... The way I see it, God just used you to humble me. I really needed it. Thank you so much. Yeah. You, you he had so valuable. You two became shocked. best friends, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, well, I, you're not that bad, a guy. <laughs> you know, I know you. I know you're sincere. He's trying to be nice to me now. I know you're sincere, and I just don't believe in all your religion. And I say, well, that, okay. And you know, when I left that job to go to Bible college, uh, my last day, he he pulled me aside and he goes, he goes, you getting me think a little bit. Maybe there is a God. See? And he and he he really respected me. That well, and that's that the thing fun. is that glorify. That's what First Peter uh, two twelve saying is that it glorifies God in the world. Yeah, when we're obedient, it brings God glory. O- obedience uh, to God also uh, opens avenues of blessings for us. John thirteen seventeen. Uh, give me the scripture. I'm loaded, Johnny. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them and so what things the things that satisfy god obedience it's obedience just i mean a lot of what god most everything god wants is spelled right out for us in the bible do not forsake the assembling of himself hide his word in our heart they might not well that's the other thing you know how funny is it that people go i don't have to go to church to, to love god or i don't have to go to church to serve god well if you don't go to church Number one, you don't love God because you're not keeping. Yeah, you're disobedient. You're disobedient. And you're missing out everything he could give to you. And number two, you're not going to grow in grace if you stay out of church. You're not going to love on the brethren because you're not around them. You're, you're not, listen, you're not going to do the multitude of things that God tells us to do and to be obedient to God if you don't go to church. Mm-hmm. I'm so tired of hearing that excuse. Dude. But. You know, I love this this thing that opens the avenues of, of blessings. blessings. Yeah. Now, when we first come to Christ, uh, all these things are like promises to us. And then, you, like for, for me, I can fast forward. I'm going to be 50 years old in the Lord this June. I'm almost 50 years old Amen. in Christ. And so in the early days, these are all promises. So you believe it because it's in the Bible. You know, right. God's talking to you, man. So you listen right. to him and, and his, his spirit empowers you to be obedient. And then you get onto the, I love uh, Pastor Scott Baldwin, mutual friend of mm-hmm. ours, church planter. He said, talks about a long, uh, faithful, fruitful uh, a walk with the Lord. Long, faithful walk of obedience. And now, almost 50 years later, I look back and see, these promises weren't teasers. Right. Right. He's kept those promises. And the blessing that I have at, in 50 years of some pretty s- significant obedience, I mean, mm-hmm. stupidity here, stupidity yeah. here, you know, but. Um, yeah, obedience doesn't mean you're not going to be stupid at times. <laughs> yeah, being Hungarian, being a Baptist, and being a man, you know, it's like <laughs> there's three strikes against you, you know. But. A, a, a long walk of, of journey where we committed to God's house. We committed to tithing of our increase We uh, to the Lord. We committed to giving to missionary uh, uh, giving and propagate the gospel. We committed to forgiving those who sinned against us. We've guarded our heart against bitterness. We uh, have um, 
uh, opened our home to show hospitality. Mm-hmm. This is the patterns, and I and I, we, I, you guys do exactly the same thing. But you know, those first years, it's like, well, God said so, and then you're doing it, and you get that immediate blessing of right. connections so deep in right. Christ. I know when you and Sherry are down at the end of the week, it's like, don't leave. We love it. Here. Uh, yeah, we yeah. It's it's seventy five degrees here, and you're going back to twenty five. What are you stupid, John? dude? We left we left seventy five sunshine and beautiful, and we drove into pouring down rain forty five to two hours later sleet and rain to thirty two to two hours later uh, snow and ice and twenty. You should listen to me. Just stay down in Florida with us, okay? We could have podcasted down there on audio, but no, you had to come back to New York and leave us there all by ourselves in paradise. Yeah, uh, yeah, the palm trees and the. But remember, <laughs> sitting by the pool, yeah. uh, walking the beaches. Anyway, back to the text here. We found that that blessing. Uh, the, I love that phrase you use, avenues of blessing. Mm-hmm. And initially, the the deep relationships with right. believers and right. clean mm-hmm. relationships, uh, edifying, building up, and then finding our spiritual gifts, exercising, and being part of the Christian community, and 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 watching God's blessing on our children, and watching them. That's the other thing, decisions. man. <clears throat> you know, you. I'll speak for you and I. You know, we have children that are really good kids and love the Lord and follow God and and have kept themselves pure. And, dude, Thank you, what a blessing that is. And it's because we were obedient to the Lord, and not just obedient to the Lord, but we taught that to our children. And that has been and, – and – we walked that. That's what I was going to say. In Not front only did you of our children, it, you demonstrated. Yes, it, you modeled it. I did, but, my but that's why they got it. Yeah. Oh, they didn't listen to us. Yeah, they watched us. They watched us. And and let me let me help you, parents. If you're not walking it, but you're talking it, your children are looking at you like you're a hypocrite, yeah. and therefore they will do what you do, not do what you say. There you go. That's it. One of the sweetest so things crazy. my daughter said to me on our daddy-daughter uh, podcast I did a, a month ago or so, uh, she said, Dad, all I've ever seen God be is awesome to you and Mom as you trusted and obeyed. And walked in his promises and were faithful. And she got it. And she yeah. has done the same. She's brought up her kids yeah. that way. She never broke our trust. Her kids never broke uh, her trust and and her her husband who's a, a pastor and, and the great kids great godly uh, in their early forties now, but this avenue of blessing there's that early side of it, mm-hmm. but now I'm at, and kind of in the latter part of my journey. It's so sweet. Yeah, I it's I so think sweet. I think though even though you're in your latter part of your journey, um, I believe that you're going to go with the upper taker. Rather than the undertaker, because I, so I believe that I believe the return of Christ is literally right around the corner, which should encourage us to even more to be more faithful, more obedient, uh, and to honor God more, knowing knowing yeah. that His and appearance so is at hand. So much more yeah. obedience as we see that day approaching. Right. So I'm looking for the hole in the sky, not the hole in the ground. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So also, um, in order to be obedient. It requires faith. Faith is necessary to please God. In Hebrews eleven six, there's not a more clear verse in all of Scripture than Hebrews eleven six on faith. It says, "But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him." And that word diligently means consistently, constantly, uh, pressing forward, not stopping, not giving up. So if we're going to be, if we're going to please God, it is faith that's required. And then it's action that shows the faith. Johnny, you just hit my favorite Greek word in the Bible. The word, um, uh, what was there? You just said, I just went blank. It's the Greek word exoteo. 
for reward for without the the, the, the diligent there diligent we go. okay yeah rain yeah, fog yeah, rain yeah, fog yeah yeah okay, <laughs> test card diligently I love this word Greek word exoteo it means the point or origin from which proceeds action mm. there's that touch of God on your heart mind and, and our listeners and he's speaking to us and we can either tune it out right or tune it in and we tune it in contact power switch on right and now God is working in our right. hearts and it manifests itself by obedience. obedience not necessarily how do you feel it manifests itself yeah. by obedience well and you just obedience is doing what is right regardless of how you feel amen Whew. say that again johnny obedience awesome. is doing what is right regardless of how you feel because most people will go well i feel like well i'm going to tell you man feelings are deceitful that's a good phrase just to kind of get out well i feel it's not a great fa- fa- phrase for christians it's not because who cares how you feel what's god say what's god say that and that's the thing is it's not that we don't care about your feelings but if your feelings go contrary to the word of god then your feelings are wrong. Yeah, God gave us our emotions to be our servant, not our master. Amen. And now the, you're completing my sentences. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to New York, brother. <laughs> Down south, they give you a chance to finish your own sentence. I'm not up here. No, we got you the, gave me one eighth of a second. I was too slow. You yeah, finish it look, for me, New Yorker, ah, man. Well, I'm I a, do love that about New York. I'm a New Yorker now. <laughs> move, move, move. Go right. The South says. Well, and New York says, well, nothing. Get out of the way. <laughs> you had your chance. <laughs> oh, like, culture why, shock. why are you still thinking? I'm done. Culture shock, man. That is so funny. Welcome back to the Soviet States of uh, Republic of New York. Right. Um, so listen, guys, we obey God's commandments not because um, we have to. Like, we don't do it because... Oh, if I don't do this, God, you know, I fear God. We do it because we want to. I love God. Remember growing up, my dad coming and reminding me that the grass need mowed and that and the property need attended, uh, and uh, he paid me well for it. But I was lazy. I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I knew better than to tune him out. That wasn't smart either, you know. Right. And so I had this resentment, you know. And so just because I sort of feared him, I okay. On the inside, I was like, but on the outside, yeah. I just kind of shut up and did what I was supposed to do. But you know what? As I, I started, I started learning to take pleasure in the labor. Mm-hmm. I'm out on the tractor. I'm mowing the grass. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. The sun is shining, and then I have a. It was a job well done, and my dad would come out. He was really good at uh, commending us for our job well done. And like I say, he he if he if Dad said he's going to give you five bucks to do it, he'd probably throw you ten. He, he was, uh, he tipped well. Nice. And he loved me. I was his kid. And, you know, all, and then as, as you know, I'm, I'm feeling that way as a 13, 14, you know, I'll, okay, I'll do it. I got to do it. I don't feel like doing it. But then you, you mature. Right. And then I'm 15. Right. Dad said, hey, can you knock out the yard? Yeah, dad. And you don't even think about it. You just do it because you're responsible. You're growing up. You're a man. You're, you're on your way to uh, maturity. And this is a reasonable Bible says, which is your reasonable service. And this is my reasonable service around the house. And so you, you learn mm-hmm. obedience. The Bible said yeah. about Jesus that he learned obedience in Hebrews, which is kind of hard for me to comprehend the son of God, learning obedience by the things that he suffered. And so obedience is something that we kind of learn and it just becomes part of our being. You know, I don't even think about, you know, am I going to be obedient and come over and do a podcast with Pastor John today? Because, you know, God wants me to, so okay. No, it's, you get pleasure right. in it. Right. Well, and that that is, not only do, I'll be honest with you, you know, when I do something for someone and I'm obedient to God and then I want, honestly, I want to see pleasure in someone else's eyes too. Yeah. I really do. And I don't do it to get complimented. But I sure do enjoy the compliment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it just says. You touch somebody. Yeah, exactly. You help somebody. Yeah. And they appreciate it. And they express their appreciation. And, and the people watch that, too. People right. in the world watch right. that. And I remember uh, when 
my mom and, uh, and our home was like Grand Central Station before I was saved and after I was saved. Our parents were always really good about bring your friends over and have dinner and all that. And the quality of friends I bought before Christ, right. whoa, Roach. <laughs> <It's> a, yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, the name Put alone. Join out in the, in the garage. <laughs> yeah, the name alone, Roach. <laughs> and uh, hey, Roach got saved. He's in heaven right now. I love that guy. But we were we were pretty wasted for about five years. Right. And the quality of people that we brought. home, home where, you know, they were, and then, then I got saved and the quality of people that came home with me then, and the girls that came home with me, that were huge improvement. You know, and my mom's like, what, what a different group of people. It's, it's because you weren't getting drunk and then finding them attractive. <laughs> John, you just know way too much about me, way too much about how the world works. You're right. never wrong. Well, so <laughs> you're never wrong, dude. So the thing is, we are obedience it, brought improvement. It That's did. What I'm saying. <laughs> That's right. My mom would say, "Obedience to God has brought great improvement, Duke." It's like, yeah, <laughs> because we know it's true. Oh my goodness! Look, we are enabled to obey because we're new creatures in Christ. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. New and better. Oh, yes. New and better. New and better. And so it's because of Christ that there are improvements, right? Look, when we obey the Lord, we can have joy. We have a life of joy. We are without shame because we're rooted in the confidence of Christ and being rooted in the confidence of our Lord. We have eternal hope. Second Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, you know, young men dream, old men reflect. Right. <laughs> so at this stage of my game, I do a lot of reflections, and we just came off a glorious season. I'm actually finding myself reflecting more. Yeah, Does that mean I'm getting... You're in your 50s. Right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Got grandkids. You know, there's a verse I just read a few days ago on, on this topic. Uh, it's in Psalm, I think, 90. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. And it's not a lot of palm trees recently. And a a, a a palm tree with the the coconuts, it's blooming, making new coconuts. And then there's little small coconuts and there's middle-sized coconuts and there's ripening coconuts all at the same time. time. And the older that palm tree gets, the sweeter the fruit is. And I'm at that season of my life and just came off of three months in paradise. (laughs) I was working. I did two podcasts a week. I just want you to get all over me. Uh, So, it, it, there's a sweetness, the the results, the channel uh, obedience has a long track record of faithfulness and obedience and fruitfulness. Right. It, it's, it's a season of joy, and yet the big promises are yet awaiting. What a life. Obedience is, is the open door to the fullness of God. It doesn't save us, but it's evidence that we've been saved. Well, and that's the thing. Obedience is actually part of our assurance that we know God. In 1 John 2, 3, now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. And so if we are doing what God calls us doing, and here's the difference between being a good moral person and keeping God's commandments. A good moral person is still going, they're going to be good because, well, morally that's what we do. But keeping God's commandments means that we do things that we're really uncomfortable with because God tells us to do it. And I don't mean uncomfortable as in it's wrong, but uncomfortable in uh, like, oh, this isn't pleasing my, my uh, eyes, flesh, or pride. So I have to die to this yeah. and please God. That's the evidence because you are denying yourself to do what God would have you to do rather than pleasing yourself. And a good moral person more than likely is not going to deny themselves. You know, Johnny, as a pastor, you and I have had these experiences where the phone rings at 11 o'clock at night, midnight, and uh, we have to get in the car, throw on some clothes, drive in lousy weather up here in upstate New York, go down to uh, the emergency room or the surgical center in the hospital and uh, wait through the night with people uh, laboring, you know, just praying with people in, in crisis. 
and I, I'm going into some rest home things and emergencies and the smells. I don't I don't want to smell some of the things that that are are there, and it almost sickens me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I I just find myself, but I don't feel like doing this. But we just suck it up and do it because we love God, right? And we deny ourselves and we go in. And I've had so many of the the sweetest ministerial pastoral moments ever when I do that when I don't feel like it, but I do it anyway. When it's not about you. Yeah. And yeah. That's it. I love that whole, it opens up the whole arena of how this works where we, Jesus said, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. Right. That self-denial is really an obedience are kind of the same thing, aren't they? It, they really are. And when we obey, when we obey the father, that's when he's glorified. Matthew five sixteen, And this is what you're talking about. You know, being in places, getting out of bed at times where you're not ready to get up, but you know you have to go. You don't feel like it, but you still go anyway. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And when you do things that are out of the ordinary to help the ordinary, people, they see it. And God is glorified. It's like the other side of that coin we talked about earlier. When we do something wrong and they point it out, well, the other side of that coin is when we do that self-denial. They remember it. They, and if, especially if it was a denying self to help them. Right. They'll never forget it. Right. That's where those amazing, strong pastoral bonds uh, took place. This, while we were away, we reconnected with people that we ministered to. Some of them, uh, Billy Blake got saved in our church in August of 1978. He was my Timothy and um, <clears throat> served with me going door to door back in the er- early, brand new day starting the church. The closest person in our whole church his age was me and Joellen, my, my mm-hmm. wife and I. He just, like he never, he was just obedient and he became all like a son to me. And here it is 44 years later, <laughs> we love each other. Right. And we, yeah, it didn't go anywhere because that was a lifetime friendship, a lifetime I relationship. I taught him how to drive. I, he wow. took his driver's test in my little car. I was his pastor and I was almost like a father to him. And he's only like eight years younger than me. And, uh, man, I love that guy. But age doesn't matter, dude. Oh. It's investment. Oh, there you go. Say that again. Yeah, age doesn't matter. It's an it's the investment. Yeah, that's what that's what makes sacred. the difference, man. Dude, this is sacred. It is, and I will tell you this: Psalm one twenty eight one talks about a Christian's testimony of holiness, right? Our testimony of holiness, because there's some Christians that have a testimony, but it's not too God honoring or edifying or glorious, right? It's because they're still all about them because they live in that world while God loves me just the way I am, so I'll stay that way, right? And so a Christian's testimony of holiness, that is the strong witness that God uh, is at work in the world. Psalm 128.1, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. And when we see that, you're blessed and your testimony tells the world God is real, and that is what makes the difference. But listen, it's only a testimony of holiness that shows God. If you don't have a testimony of holiness, you got a testimony, but it's not God honoring. And people will realize that. And uh, the Bible throughout tells us that God blesses and rewards obedience. James one twenty five, uh, James one twenty two through twenty five. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, who looks into the word of God and continues into the word of God. pattern with with, uh, diligence. And consistency. Like you, you get in it and you stay true to it. It says, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. You don't forget you're a child of God. You don't forget that you have an obligation to 
the purchase uh, a price that you've been purchased for. You don't forget you have an obligation to a God who saves you and who loves you. You don't forget that you have an obligation to be obedient to your parent. You will be richly blessed and rewarded. And, it, and I'm not even talking finances. I'm just talking where you're not looking behind you anymore waiting because you screwed up and you're waiting to be exposed or you're not looking uh, for money or you're not like you haven't done someone wrong and you're waiting for it to come back to get you. That richly rewarded means that you will sleep well at night. Clear conscience. Clear conscience. Clear conscience. Psalm 119, one through two. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him, and this is the key, there you go. with the whole heart. Yeah. And God's looking down and says, this ain't rocket science. Because you, you notice all the way through here, relationships. It's, we're an obedient child, and all that comes with that. Or we're a disobedient mm-hmm. child. You know, in the Bible, they had that story. Luke gave the story of the prodigal son. That right. was a real guy, real dude. Oh, yeah. And he took his substance. He was disobedient and disrespectful and, and foolish. He was, his mind was darkened. He, he believed the devil's lies. He went wasted his substance with riotous living. But he was prayed for, and the father never chased him down. The father waited on God. Right. And when he returned, he was broken. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, I've sinned against God and against you before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And the father had a party. Yeah. And the older well, brother. because he celebrated the brokenness. Yeah. Because the brokenness brought obedience. Now, the older son there was the obedient son. <laughs> and he was kind of ticked off with the party. I he wasn't broken. Party. He wasn't broken. But he had been yeah. obedient. Right. He, 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 I think he learned a big lesson that day, too. Right. He, he had, along the way, done the right things. And the father said to him, all that I have is yours. Your 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 son or your brother wasted everything he had. Okay, he can be my servant now. He's my son. I, I love him the way I love you. But just remember, you didn't go out and waste your substance with riotous living. All that I have is yours. You still have your inheritance. And, you know, I'm just at that season of my life, and I'm seeing people who have been kind of prodigal. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, yeah. And then they come. Especially today. Yeah, I'm telling you, when you have, when you have, when the law gives you freedom to not be moral but to be accepted, the true heart comes out of people, and they fit into this world's culture, and oh, what a so price they pay! They fit in too well yeah. and too quickly, which tells me, or causes me to ask the question: Were they really saved? Yeah, that's. That's sad if somebody has to look at us and say, were they really saved? Yeah. yeah. Could a real Christian actually do that? Because they're allowing the law to dictate their morality rather than the word of God dictate their holiness. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's a great point, John. And that is where the problem is, whether we're obedient or not obedient. Mm-hmm. And if the law, if like the law was passed where now same sex can marry, all of a sudden, people are coming out of the closet wide open, even including those who claim to be Christian. And so all the law did is what Paul says. The law just so shows us our sin. Yeah. So what we're saying is, what God is saying is, there is a reward for obedience, but there's also a reward for disobedience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the reward for disobedience, you don't want. Yeah. Because... You might get a great reward momentarily on earth because, let's face it, disobedience to God is obedience to Satan, and Satan can bring fun. Mm -hmm. But it's only for a season. But the party lights go out, and I was at too many of those parties back in the day. Yeah, and and by the way, you never pay the price while the party's partying. (laughs) It's always when the lights go out. The price has to be paid. For the actions. I've heard somebody say about the law of sowing and reaping. I'm not the origin of this thought, but I love it. You, you Be not deceived what silver man soweth, that shall he also reap. You reap 
what you sow and you reap more than you sow and you reap later than you sow. And I see people in disobedience um, on, on whatever front it may be and down the road, they pay a price mm-hmm. or they receive a reward. I just, my wife and I just, we were just kind of on a little bit of a mountaintop here. We were away and, you know, you guys were able to come and visit us. We reconnected with uh, uh, Ken and Judy Lee, former associate pastor in our church, and Billy Blake I mentioned before. We just reconnected with uh, Joe and Cindy Russo was uh, the GOAT, greatest of all time youth pastor. <laughs> Except maybe for Tyler, he, he rocks too. But we just reconnected and here we are in our, in our late 60s we're happy. We're blessed. Right. Just like that Psalm right. said, we're, we're blessed. We have great friends. We ate some good food. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's some good food down there. And, uh, we just connected deeply with the hearts of people that we love. And we invested in, in people through the years and they love us for it. And they invested in us. Right. And we love them for that. And it's like, we're in a season. We're happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're rich in all the things that money can't buy and we're, we're comfortable with the things money can buy. And so I guess I, I'm at the stage now where all these things that we're teaching here, I'm like, yeah, yeah this is really true. Right. This really works. Well, one of the things, and you were, you were getting to it with your, uh, with what you were saying is, you know, sin, uh, let's see, sin will take you, long, uh, farther than you want to go keep you longer than you want to stay and cost you more than you can pay want to pay yeah 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 but all the opposite is true on obedience exactly and guys listen i want to tell you uh god is gracious if we haven't been living for him and if we haven't been following his commandments if we've been living in and for the world if that's you I want you to know that you can ask God for forgiveness and he will forgive you. The Bible says God is glorified when he extends forgiveness, that he is glorified when he extends forgiveness. Hebrews 10, 16 through 17. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their heart and in their minds, I will write them. And then he adds their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no, no more. more. Guys, I want to tell you that God says, I'm here for you. I want to deliver you. In that, though, is required obedience. You saying fresh start? It's a fresh start. Amen. And he'll never, he'll cast your sins as far as the east is from the west, never remember them again. But I will tell you this, if you're already a believer and you're disobedient, there's going to be a heavy price to pay. So let me challenge you. To be obedient, and for those who do not know God, he will bless you and forgive you and cast all of your disobedience out into the sea forever and ever, never to be remembered again. Guys, listen, I hope this has helped, and if it has, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until the next time, God bless. God bless.